Hello and welcome. Hello. We are the Shuffle Buddies. Yeah. I'm Chris. And I'm Casey. And together we are... Shuffle Buddies. The Shuffle Buddies, yes. The Shuffle Buddies. Yes. So, yeah, we are recording on December 19th, 2020. Yep, it says so on my phone. Yep. And how's it going for you today? It's going good. It's a Saturday, which is always nice. It was a long week, a good week, but I had like... I gave presentations at this uh, Curiosity Week. This boot camp in Fargo is putting on, actually. Uh, And it was just like a funky kind of presentation week. And I got to do some fun presentations that I hadn't given before. And then be a judge on Friday for a hackathon that they put together. And so that was super fun. But it was a long week. That was all extra on top of work stuff. On top of work, yeah. yeah. But it was good. It's been a nice, lazy day today. You and me celebrated our early Christmas together. Yeah, we're really bad about waiting for actual Christmas. So <laughs> I had we didn't even have all our gifts, but we're still like, no. should we do it now? We just want to give each other presents. <laughs> it's like, let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. So that was fun. And then we had a friend over, like the only friend that's really in our bubble right now. Yeah. Ryan. Because he lives many in times. your house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's living in your house right now for a couple of months. So he came over. We played some games, ate some hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> um, we played a new game that yeah. you've never played before called Biblios. What'd you mm-hmm. think about that? I really liked it. <laughs> I thought you might. Yeah. It's funny. Biblios is by Steve Finn and it's a kind of auction game where you go through a deck collecting cards and then go through a deck again auctioning off cards mm-hmm. and then at the end of the game whoever has kind of majority in different colors gets to claim these dice and during the auction you're also auctioning off the ability to change the values of the dice which award points at the end of the game yeah it's a game that i have had for a long time and it just never gets played for some reason and i think that's because it's called biblios and it has a picture of it's monks not a, on, t- it's on the It's not front. a very exciting looking <laughs> it's game. It's not a very exciting looking game, but it is a really fun game. And I knew it was, and I kept bringing it out because I know eventually we would get it played. And then today when we had Ryan over and it was three of us and you need at least three to play, I was like, let's just do it. Let's just get yeah. Biblios played after a couple other games that we played. And and we did. And I'm glad you pushed on it because it's like you've tried to bring it out before and you're like, yeah, we could play this game if anybody wants to. I mean, I don't care. And well, everyone's like, well, then fine. We won't play that one. <laughs> but I'm really glad you were like, let's do this. I've been really wanting to play this. And yeah. it was, I just love those games where it's just like easy to pick up. And I love card games because they're just so physically easy to play mm-hmm. where it's like you don't have to like re- like stand up and like look over a whole board and reach over people to grab something. And it's like, it's basically just cards. Except for the dice that you're fighting it's over. Cards and six dice, and or five dice even. And you don't even mm-hmm. roll the dice. The dice just track they how just, many yeah. points each color is worth. Yeah. It's a really great game. It's it also cool. is, uh, it's kind of like a step up from the classic for sale. Mm-hmm. Which you almost, play a ton on Board Game Arena. We do play it a ton on Board Game Arena with my family and with your family. Now with my and, family, yeah. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's similar to that, but it's just a little bit chunkier. But it works in the exact same mm-hmm. way where it's almost like a pointless to totally explain it. I'm just like, we're going to do phase one where we get cards, mm-hmm. and then we're going to do phase two where we auction cards, yeah. and then we are going to See play it wins. again because nobody will <laughs> yeah. have understand. Oh, yeah. You know, like, nobody will have fully understood the ramifications until it's over. Basically, playing it is better than trying to explain the rules. But Ryan beat us all three times. Even he when he didn't that. really understand, he, he still like... That. Speaking of that... Ugh. I have played a couple games because it's just me and Ryan in my house. He's always been like otherworldly good at at does like whatever he wants he's just like living out on the edge (laughs) yeah and he kind of and he has like a blase no he doesn't even care kind of attitude yeah Yeah. (laughs) and he did that with video games where you'd you'd put him in front of something that would be like super twitch super skill-based game and he just instantly would like beat it yeah and he kind of has been doing the same thing as with board games and i've been really frustrated and i kind of wanted to mention two great games two great games that i'm like these games are great. I am so frustrated because <laughs> I keep playing them with Ryan, who is really good. And the first one was Watergate, which is this two-player yeah. head-to-head game where one player is playing the Washington Post and the other player is playing the Nixon administration. It's kind of this tug-of-war to gain influence and connect Nixon to his ultimate scandal. Mm-hmm. And it's this very small 
but thinky and pushy two-player game. Very push and pull. Tug and, of, it's like a tug of war the whole time. Yeah. And very it's really annoying. great. I love it. I, <laughs> I, I love it, I think. But it is very annoying. And I played with Ryan and he just beats me every time. And I think I finally figured out that I am just not... I'm just not aggressive enough. Yeah, I think that's his thing. He's more aggressive. He is very I think you and me are more like defensive and thinky and like long game. Yeah. And he's just like, this is worth points right now. I'm doing this to get points right now. In a way that also sometimes costs him the game. Yeah. But in, in Watergate, every move I make also hurts you. And in that game, I was kind of like saving up for good moments or doing things, you know, trying to maneuver and outthink him or whatever. And he mm-hmm. just would like brute force me to the end every time. And it was, and then I was like, well try out this side because this side's way harder right because when you and me played whoever played the press always won it's true yes and and so we were kind of starting to think like oh well maybe like it's just kind of kind of weighed heavily towards the press winning and we're like maybe that mimics real life i don't know you know (laughs) because in the end the press did win and nixon lost um but he beat you as Nixon. Every time. And, you know, and like I just could not get a break. Ugh. And so I think it really is just like we – it's not that we pull our punches, but I just think we are not as tenacious yeah. with like fighting to their nail. Especially with those cards that if you use a card for its power, you have to discard it. Yeah, you lose you, it it's for us. out of the game. game. And so like I always think like, well, I don't want to do that right now. Yeah, because I'm I always waiting save for the it for later. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, I don't want to like, yeah, do this too early where it, when it doesn't matter. Yeah. So I haven't played with him, but I'm guessing that's what he does is just like, pew, 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 pew. Yeah, he does definitely instantly unloads everything he has without a worry about how the late game is going to play out. But mm-hmm. even with that said, it was very frustrating, but I definitely would never get rid of Watergate. I love it. And I think it's a really interesting game. Mm -hmm. It is frustrating for me to play just because it is kind of just feels like somebody's all up in your business. But I think that's super thematic as with that relationship between like the press and the the president. Yeah, I didn't appreciate it at first for what it was. I thought it was super annoying. And then I realized I was like, oh, this is probably really what it felt like, actually, Mm -hmm. being a member of the press or a member of Nixon's team where it was just like back and forth like that, like, nobody winning mm-hmm. and just trying to stay one step ahead. Yeah, but I definitely recommend it. Even with the, even with those caveats, I feel like if oh, you yeah. get the chance to try it, try it because it's really good. And I, I I do feel like it's very relevant in this day and age. Yeah. And it's just a, it's a fun two-player game. It is. I I enjoy it. Yeah. And so we played that and then we also played a war game called Undaunted Normandy where it was just the most stressful it was one of the most stressful <laughs> That's games. That's what he was saying. It was very stressful. For both of us. And and, and I've played Undaunted Normandy many times. Um, and it's a great game that is by Trevor Benjamin and David Thompson by Osprey Games. And it's a really small scale war game where you have just a few units on a map. And the unique thing about it is you are building a deck and your deck represents each unit so in order to move or take a shot or capture an objective or anything like that you need the card in your hand to be able to do that Mm -hmm. but it also counts as the life for each platoon or unit or whatever you're Mm going to call it and so every time you know every time you get shot at unit a unit a loses a card and that makes them overall less effective until you kind of recruit more cards and then so if you use your cards to shoot does it kind of take away from your team well it doesn't because it's a deck builder and you'll reshuffle it back in but yeah that's like the one action but it kind of depletes it until you shuffle it back in correct yes okay so you kind of are very limited you can't just choose every unit to activate every turn yeah and you're very like resource limited with that and it's just a really amazing design i think it's really great but this game that ryan and i played was just a painful (laughs) super tense game and it came down to like just whittling each other down to the core it's like a mission-based game so every um, mission is different of how it's set up and who's involved you know all these different variables but this one we played was just like I mean it felt like a painful war where we were just taking random pot shots eventually and it was just like a war of attrition and Mm. we it took it took like twice as long as a normal game of uh, undaunted takes and at the end of it Ryan was just like, that was the most stressful thing I've ever done. <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God, that was. And, and he's in advertising. Yeah. And he's like, a, yeah, he's got a pretty stressful job. So I just think like after that one, I was, I think maybe it's not the games and it's Ryan. And I think maybe we're just not equally matched, but uh-huh. every game he like plays so hard 
that you kind of like maybe take it a little bit more personally or something. I'm not sure what it is, but yeah. Undaunted Normandy is also a game that I definitely recommend. I, I don't think you're a f- huge war game person. No, not really. But I also think it's really interesting and it's worth trying. So. It does sound kind of like the mechanics of it seem like something I could enjoy. Well, you know, I, I know they are because it's actually the same mechanics as another game called War Chest. Okay. It's by the same designer and it uses the same... Is War Chest like the chess type one? Yeah, it uses right? poker chips. Right, we're moving chips. on that board. Okay, it uses yeah, I poker do like chips. that one a yeah. lot. So in War Chest, instead of building a deck, you're building a bag of poker chips that represent a handful of different units for each player. Mm-hmm. And on your turn, you only draw three unit chips from the bag. Yeah. And you use those to activate units on the board of the same type. So you're severely limited by the draw and taking hits on a unit removes that poker chip from the game which makes it that much less likely to get pulled and activate in the future. It's so simple, but it's such an amazing game. So. Yeah, I do like that one. I've been thinking about that one, actually, about playing that one again. Yeah, I, like I wish there was an online version. That would be fun. There is, there is, but it's not on Board Game Arena, so it basically uh, doesn't exist to us. Is it, yeah, right. <laughs> well, we did start off with, like, Tabletopia. Yeah. But, ah, man, Tabletopia. I just love that board game arena really enforces the rules and like snaps things into place and really takes care of things for you. Cause tabletopia, I lost pieces. Yeah. Like if I was moving pieces around, I've lost pieces in that where I'm just like, I don't, where did this go? Is it behind me? Is it under the table? Like, where is this right now? <laughs> Sometimes it would glitch out. I think that that's the general rule. I think if you're playing a game, and let's say it's a half-hour game, if you play it on Tabletopia, it's like a 45-minute hour-long game. Yeah. And if you play it on Board Game Arena, it's like 15 a 15 game. to 20-minute game. Yeah. So I do really like that. Yeah. Table- it's a pretty brutal trade-off. Yeah. Yeah. But Tabletopia, I mean, like the graphics are really cool, but it definitely takes up the processing power. And mm-hmm. it, it's cool that it kind of mimics like a real life experience. But when I'm playing online, I don't think I want a real life experience. It's just not the same. Yeah. So those are the incredibly stressful games I've been playing with Ryan. That's cool. Have you been doing anything besides stressful games with Ryan? Uh, well, I, <laughs> you know, I guess Biblios is the only stressful game I've played with Ryan. But it was a little bit stressful. Yeah. Um, oh, to like kind of circle back to what I was talking about before. While you were talking, I was thinking about when I was like talking about Curiosity Week and the boot camp up in Fargo. Mm-hmm. I... <laughs> I work at a coding boot camp here in Minneapolis and St. Paul. Uh, it's a coding boot camp. It's not like a physical fitness boot camp. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've realized I've totally like co- we've co-opted that word where it, now it means something completely different for me. So if anybody's wondering like what presentations I gave at a boot camp, <laughs> it was a coding boot camp. So I actually I gave presentations on uh, integrating Flexbox and SCSS into your React app. I know what that means. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I did do um, a presentation called Let's Rock with Sonic Pi. And Sonic Pi is like a, I think it's based on Ruby. And it is a, like a live music coding app, which was super fun to do. I'd yeah. seen it at a previous conference at uh, Twin Cities Code Camp like four years ago. And I've always been wanting to get back into it and never had the motivation. But then I was like, yes, I'll give a presentation on it. And then I got, then that was the motivation to figure it out which was super fun um, to, to circle back to that. That was the presentation I gave <laughs> at, uh, at Curiosity Week. What was that program called again? Oh, Sonic Pi. Yeah, so Sonic Pi. I mm-hmm. was watching you. You were playing with it, you know, kind of getting ready for your presentation. presentation. Yeah. And it's a really cool piece of software. It does totally give me some, you know, you can do a lot of things with it, but it definitely mm-hmm. got, you know, kind of that like, classic video game sound going and i could definitely see how you could totally incorporate that in the future uh intro songs i was thinking that yeah you can loop samples and use synths and play different notes and chords and adjust all the timing and it's all with code and then Mm -hmm. you can do it on the fly and you just like rerun it and it kind of updates while it's playing and it's super cool and there's like videos out there of like people recreating like a Daft Punk song. So there's some cool stuff with it. But yeah, I'm hoping I can, if we do like a video game based board game or some 80s game or something yeah. like that, I could probably spin something up with Sonic Pie. Yeah, I think you should because it sounded really nice actually. And speaking of that sound, I did want to call attention. This is a little bit different. We've never talked about music 
yeah. on the show, but I want to talk a little bit about music. Uh, music. I don't know why I'm like turning into like a uh, I just want to talk about music. And it's not even like highfalutin music or whatever. But there, <laughs> It's Britney Spears. It's Well, it is a, an artist that I really love just put out a new album and his name's Leon Chang. He kind of creates alternate versions of video games that didn't exist. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. Ooh. And you you know his work. I, I play was going to say time. we listen to a lot of him, don't we? Because you always have like background music. Yep. While and you're very thoughtful about the background music you put on when yep. you play games. Like you want the background music to match the game we're playing. <laughs> but as I've gotten lazier about that, Leon Chang <laughs> has been my go-to. Just like he's got a couple albums. One, the main one is called like Bird World. Well, the other ones are just like little kind of a, a few songs. Mm-hmm. But he finally brought out Return to Bird World. <gasps> And it's it's actually like double the length of Bird World. Bird World is just <laughs> and such it's really a good cute, name. Yeah. I love it. And it, but I I love the sound because it kind of has this retro mm-hmm. aesthetic. But it's more of like it totally is straight out of an alternate universe Dreamcast yeah. era game. Like Ooh. not retro enough to be like bit based retro, but like just that like super upbeat kind of charming happy it's just a very specific sound there, there's like an era of the dreamcast era of sega where they were just everything was like super blue vibrant mm-hmm. skies everything was super upbeat, happy happy it kind of had like mm. a jazzy vibe to a lot of the stuff i and, like that and um leon chang's music definitely like lives in a world of an alternate kind of like late era playstation dreamcast type world yeah and so if that sounds interesting to you i would definitely check his work out on Bandcamp because nice. I just love those albums. They're instrumental mostly that you can just put on at any game night or any any just when you're working or writing, designing. Check that out because it is just so enjoyable and it just kind of gives me like a it gives me just like a warm nostalgic feeling for something that doesn't even exist. But I can totally like picture the f- video game that doesn't exist that it is a soundtrack to. So I like that. Yeah. That's cool. So (laughs) I was already like in the mindset of thinking about work and then you talked about birds. (laughs) Yeah, which relates perfectly to your work. I have such a... Yeah, right. It relates perfectly to my work. I had a student... We have these end-of-day stand-ups now. We're in a later part of our program. So now we just do these stand-ups at the end of the day. And (laughs) everybody on this one team said they were thankful for this one student's owl story or owl impression was what they were saying. And I was like, oh my gosh, you have to show us your owl impression. What is this all about? (laughs) And she's she's like, well, it's not so much. It's more of a story. So I'm going to tell you this story. And it made me laugh so hard. It was the end of the day and it was so perfect. She told us this story and I haven't really looked it up. I don't really know if any of this is true, but it made me laugh and I love it. So the spotted owl is starting to, you know, come under attack by the invasive species, the barred owl. The barred owl is starting to kind of, like, obviously take over as an invasive species. But in this case, the two species are able to mate and produce offspring. And so they're creating these hybrid offspring, a barred owl and a spotted owl. And this these offspring are able to mate as well. Like these offspring of these two species are able to turn around and mate and produce offspring as well, which doesn't always happen mm-hmm. when two species like get together and produce offspring. So Sometimes it's kind of it's just a sexy time. It's a miracle. It's a sexy time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but unfortunately, there's one negative side effect of these two birds coming together. Uh, so the barred owl, I think, sounds like hoo ha. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah. And then the spotted owl sounds like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> okay. And, <laughs> and their offspring now, <laughs> their offspring has a call that sounds kind of like them together. And it sounds like, ah. <laughs> Like, it sounds like it's the two of them being strangled. And <laughs> now, even though this miracle of nature can produce offspring itself, nobody wants to mate with it because it has such oh, a horrible that's call. So sad. <laughs> but it's so funny. And it was so funny to hear her just saying this and doing that impression in front of the class. Like, nobody was expecting it. It was like, who, who, who. 
<laughs> it's, it reminds me of like just making fun of somebody oh, where they're like, oh, I was just such an idiot today. I was just yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like what, you, what comes out when you try to say like the two words at once and you're just like, ah, oh, damn it. So that, <laughs> that reminded me of that. It's so funny. But also speaking of music, because <laughs> I didn't want to lose this either. What I've been listening to lately, at, like it's not super new or groundbreaking, but I've been, it's Christmas time and I've been listening to Christmas music and mm-hmm. my favorite ones to just like play in the background right now are uh, two She and Him records that Zoe Deschanel and M. Ward mm-hmm. collaboration. I had, I have absolutely no interest in it. Like I had, I, I did not listen to them at all, but I went over to my friend Claire's house a couple weeks ago and she's the other person like in my bubble. I haven't seen her for a while because I just took a COVID test. But she was playing that just in the background. It was so nice. And so I've been listening to those two albums like around the house. And this morning when we were opening Christmas presents, I forgot to play it. Oh, did you? Was <laughs> there did. no music on? There's no music. It was just was us ripping Christmas mind. presents. But that's been nice. I've been enjoying that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, one more thing that I've been doing because ever since like our last episode came out or maybe even our first one, people have been hearing what I've been watching or reading or listening to and then they give suggestions. Mm-hmm. I think my friend Carrie has suggested this to me before, but then your brother mentioned it too, to watch uh, Dead to Me. Oh, yeah. And I started watching Dead to Me. It's intense. I, <laughs> I can't binge it. It's like it's really painful because <laughs> there's just like, oh, there's some shit. I'm only like three episodes in. There's like every single episode has a twist at the end where you're just like, what? I thought I knew this woman. <laughs> I thought I knew this situation. And I've only, again, three, only episodes three episodes in, episodes but it keeps, in. it keeps twisted. <laughs> it's too much. I could never binge it. So I, maybe I'll watch another episode tonight. I am watching it for, for Justin out there. <laughs> you suggested it. I started watching it. <laughs> so you can't make it through dead to me. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that is a little bit more light that you can enjoy? <laughs> yes. So I'm ma- I'm working my way through Dead to Me. I just can't watch all of it at right. once like I normally could. I'm, I can't marathon it. You're pretty good at binging <laughs> other things. I am really good at binging other things. But I did take a break and I watched um, The Happiest Season, uh-huh. which is uh, like a holiday romantic comedy with so many people in it. Dan Levy's in it. I do love from Schitt's Creek. Love Schitt's Creek, and who else? Aubrey Plaza from Parks and Rec, and then Kristen Stewart, and oh, the mom. I never remember her name, but I love her. She played the mom in Elf. So lots of people in it. Really fantastic. Really cute. Just like a fun cast to see. It's just really representative of where we are. You know, we're starting to see a little bit more diversity in our romantic comedies. Romantic comedies are for everybody. Oh. It was so cute, but I was kind of annoyed with it. Like the whole time I was like, man, you should just break up with her and get with the other girl that likes you. Mm, you'd be so cute together. I really wanted Kristen Stewart to get with Aubrey Plaza. Well, you can do your fan fiction <laughs> edit. <laughs> I could. That would be fun. You just act it out. You just play both characters. Oh my gosh. Like in Thor. Was it Thor Ragnarok oh, when they yeah, had like yeah, the play? Yeah. Yep. Where Matt Damon. <laughs> when Loki yeah. had it, like yep. a play dedicated to him. Yeah, you can just make your own for this movie that I already I forgot the name of. I would love that. Happiest season. Happiest season. Very cute. It's a new holiday standard. It was cute. A new classic. You know what? I don't know. I don't know if it's good enough to be a new classic, but it was really pleasant. <laughs> I liked That's it. Good enough, I, dude. It was a nice. It was just a nice thing to watch. Yeah. And I just love Dan Levy. Mm, me too love them i didn't watch it but i do love lots of those people i just don't watch that much stuff like i feel like if i'm gonna choose something i always choose games so i'm like playing games and you're watching shows and then we watch our shows together but then i think it's because like a lot of times i still like to do stuff with my hands Mm -hmm. like embroider or cross stitch or look at my phone (laughs) i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie well that's the thing is i think when I i when i have my downtime i like to be like making decisions and and doing puzzles if that makes sense so Mm -hmm. and then where you know yours is like i just want to like work on my crafts and have this thing play out in front of me and enjoy it yeah when i relax i max relax i really (laughs) shut my brain off sometimes i'll read as part of relaxing like especially before bed to try to turn screens off but i feel like i make so many decisions during the day when it comes to relaxing time i love to just consume 
Yeah. <laughs> However, there is one way we like to max relax together. I mean, there's a lot of ways we like to max relax together. But one, <laughs> one big way that we can't really do right now mm-hmm. is just travel and go on hikes and go to wonderful outdoor locations. However, today we are going to go on a virtual <gasps> hike. Ooh. Kind of screwed that up, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I still think you're the, the king of transitions. Yeah, that was pretty good though. But yeah, today we wanted to talk in depth about a game called Parks, mm-hmm. which is not just about any parks. It's about the national parks. It's about the national parks <gasps> I of America, love it. Of our great country. Of this great nation. Yeah, and Parks has been on our list to talk about for a while, like our our long and illustrious list that Mm -hmm. we have. But it's been one that we wanted to talk about because it it kind of has a really great mix of theme and art and gameplay and everything. So Parks is a celebration of the U.S. National Parks. Parks is a celebration of the U.S. National Parks, and it features art from a project called 59 Parks, which had a bunch of really great illustrators do all this beautiful... I almost want to call it alternate world travel posters but it's really not because it's not an alternate world they just did really yeah. amazing illustrative posters of the national parks really fun beautiful posters yeah and it's crazy because it's all different artists but they all kind of follow the same thread i kind of forgot that they were different artists because they just meld so well together yeah and so this project already existed with this artwork and mm-hmm. then Keymaster games who published this game basically licensed it and and kind of did this collaborative project where they used it. It's a really interesting mixture because I think the project came first and maybe they were working on the game and got the artwork, but it just has this really amazing look Mm -hmm. that is taken from this other source. It's so pretty. I just love it. It's such a good looking game. And I totally forgot the illustrations like were not just for the board game because then we were out a couple weeks ago doing some Christmas shopping and we went to a a local shop Mm -hmm. scout Oh yeah, Scout. in St. Paul, they always have really fun stuff. Yeah, I love that store. place, and the and the guys that own it are super nice. Yep. But we're looking around there, and I find some field notes, which I always just love buying field notes. Yeah, I think that's Draplin Designs, right? DDC. I know they do field notes. I don't know if they invented field notes or if, or they, if they just do like their do own editions version. of field yeah, notes. Yeah, maybe I'm not that's, sure that that's that might be it. I always associate it with DDC. I'm just like name dropping. Yeah. Big, no big deal. No big deal. designers over here. Wow. Um, But yeah, I was like looking through these field notes and it was the illustrations from the Parks game. Right. And I. The illustrations from the 59 Parks. From the 59 Parks project. And I loved it. And it was my favorite one because one of them was Arches National Park at night. And I always wanted to go there. I'm so jealous because at the end of the game, (laughs) we'll talk more about like how you play the game. But at the end of the game, you have parks cards in front of you and then we go through and it's like oh i know that one i know that one i've been there i've been there and i'm like oh i haven't (laughs) been to any of these i don't even know if i've been to voyagers i've just been to like boundary waters i think that's technically different and you're like i've been to all of these i haven't been to all of them but i have been to a lot of them. it's a fun way to end the game is like get making sure you look and appreciate the artwork at the end and yeah and i think people right now really have you know like that wanderlust sensibility in people right now is just really big and so this game really hits on that where people just love the national parks they love celebrate i mean that's like the one thing that everyone in america can agree on is a great amazing thing is our national parks i think (laughs) oh my gosh i can tell you no (laughs) (laughs) okay um oh my gosh but i was listening to my favorite murder and i think georgia was getting a gift for another podcast, it's called I Said No Gifts, okay, yep, I <laughs> where somebody podcast. brings a gift. The gift that she brought was of subpar parks, where it's this person. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm not good at this. Oh, subpar parks by Amber Share, And she makes these illustrations. And then she puts the typography on it of real reviews of that national park. <laughs> and... There's some super funny ones. Like there's one for Peak District National Park and it says nothing, just rocks. So it's a drawing of the park and then a real Yelp review, a real negative Yelp review of that park. Not very interesting. Quite boring. Nobody needs to have seen this lake. (laughs) All the cool places are at the top of the mountain. (laughs) 
<laughs> so apparently some people out there do not care for the beauty of our national parks. But, every, but everyone else. <laughs> Everybody everyone else. Loves the national parks. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about how parks played it in the weekend and then we can talk about yeah, it. Yeah, that sounds great. All right. So parks came out in 2019 from designer Henry Audubon. And again, there is not a singular artist for it. It's from the 59 Parks print series. And the publisher is Keymaster Games. I think I like Keymaster Games. Yeah, there's a lot of games that you like by them. Yeah. So Parks takes place over four rounds or seasons. At the start of the game, each player is given two hiker pawns, a campfire token, and two year cards, which have secret endgame objectives on them. And on your turn, you choose one of your two hikers and move it down a linear path of locations. You can skip over as many locations as you want when you move, but wherever you land, you take that action which usually involve gathering resources or spending resources to take photographs. Generally, no two hikers can share a location, so you'll have to skip past locations blocked by other hikers. But the campfire token that you got at the start of the game will allow you to ignore this rule, but it can only be used once per season. At the end of the trail, each hiker can either buy gear, reserve a park, or visit a park. Buying gear usually gives you a permanent ability to make future actions more efficient, Visiting parks is the main way to score points, and it requires you to turn in a set amount of resources to claim one of the three available parks on display. Each park is worth endgame points. The last thing you can do is reserve a park, which if you don't have the resources to pay for it, you can claim it for yourself, but at a later date, you'll have to pay for it. Once all but one hiker reaches the end of the trail, the final hiker is forced to move directly to the end and take its final action. And at the end of the game, players just add up their points. Points are mostly granted by visiting parks, but players also reveal their secret year-end objective cards, which, if completed, are worth extra points. Every photograph taken along the way and the start player token itself is worth one point each. The player with the most points wins, and that's how you play parks. It's a fun little game. <laughs> it is a fun little game, but let's go back to the artwork, because we already talked about how the the card artwork itself is really beautiful. Yeah. It doesn't just end there because that part is really nice, but the level of thought that goes into the entire production of Parks yeah. is probably one of its main selling points. It is just something that you can't help but notice. Mm -hmm. um, the hikers are these little wooden meeples that you move down that have cute line work illustrations yeah. on them. Um, yeah, the little walking sticks and like backpacks. Yeah, yeah. and the, um, the cards, and they just have like a really slick design in addition to the the artwork that's used for the national parks themselves. Mm -hmm. And then also even like the first player token is this like enameled metal token yeah. that looks like those enameled metal pins. That it looks like really a popular. Girl Scout or Boy Scout badge. Yeah, it kind of does. It's like yeah. a cool and it's a triangle, which is a really hot shape. It's a <laughs> so hot trendy shape right, right now. now. Yeah. So Very hot shape. It just has a great table presence. Oh, you know what? There's also little resources and, you know, there's different resources oh, you can yeah. collect like yeah. sunshine, water, um, mountains, trees, and then the wild tokens. Mm -hmm. And the wild tokens are all individually cut wooden animals. Yeah. And they're all unique. And so they just are these little tiny cute animals. Like a turtle or an eagle or a bear or a buffalo. Yeah. So it, I mean, even bat. like the amount of extra effort that that took and cost that that probably added to the production mm -hmm. is not anything to sneeze at, but it also just kind of like makes it really special where every time you take a wild, you're like getting a little treat. I pick my favorite one. Yeah, you yeah, pick Yeah, I always like one. getting the buffalo one and then maybe the bear. Yeah. And if so, I have the bat, I want to pick the bat because yeah. it looks like Halloween. It does. It's kind of like a It's cool, a very spooky bat. Yeah. And so even just those components are just so well thought through. And Yeah. Oh, sorry to interrupt, but all those resources come in a tray yeah. Uh, that look like trees. Yeah, they're like a... Like a little... Like, like a, a little Just log. a tree with like a little uh, branch coming off of it. So it's not like annoying or anything. Yeah. But they have like just a nice little cover. Everything is just so purposeful. Mm -hmm. It's it's not just there because it's like, well, that's what we had or whatever. We just had to fill the space. It just seems like everything is purposeful. Yeah. It definitely feels like no expense was spared when it came yeah. to components. They were never like cheaping out it. And it's not a cheap game, but I don't mind paying for it. Yeah. I did not mind paying. I think it's like 50 bucks. Yes. Just for the base game. Yes. I'm not talking about the expansions yet, I but I think just so. the base game. I got it through Kickstarter, their second round, and I was very happy to pay that. I yeah. did not. that it, And it's just nice because it just feels, it's like a nice little 
box, everything just fits perfectly in. It just feels like you're really getting something special. Mm-hmm. It's a really just a nice game to have or to get as a gift. Yes, it's a really great game to gift because it is such a beautiful package. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's an interesting enough game that I don't feel like I'm just giving somebody something that they can't use. I think it's a really fun game that is also an easy enough game mm-hmm. to play that pretty much anybody could pick it up. I think so. The beauty of it is enough to draw people in and make them want to learn how to play. I think the rules are super accessible and just like the way everything is set up is super accessible. So I think is if, if you're interested in games at all and you're willing to learn a new game, this is a great game to learn. Yep. And it's easy to teach. You know, if you gave it to somebody as a gift, you can say, hey, let's sit down and play this. Mm-hmm. It's a really straightforward game of moving a character down a a linear path. You can't even like veer off the path. It's just like how far down the path are you going to move? Mm-hmm. Very straightforward, collecting resources, whatever's printed on the the action spot you stop on, you get those resources. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it's a recipe fulfillment game. Yeah. Oh, every, yeah. Yeah. Every park requires you to pay a certain combination of, you know, it could be like two trees in a mountain and a sunshine. Mm-hmm. And so you just need to make sure when you're ready to buy a park, you have two trees, a mountain, and a sunshine. Yeah. And, you know, it's a really straightforward concept that a lot of games use, like recipe fulfillment is a commonly used mechanic. And a lot of times it's it's in addition to a lot of other mechanisms on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in parks, it really is all about that recipe fulfillment. And it's all about moving down that path, collecting what you need, mm-hmm. doing it efficiently, making sure you get as much as you need, but also making sure you get the things you need before it's too late. Yeah. Well, the nice thing about it, too, is like it is simple enough that a kid could jump in Mm -hmm. and just like go straight down the line with one hiker and then just go straight down the line with their second hiker. Right. You know, and just like grab resources and and not be thinking too critically about it and they would still enjoy it. It's also ambiguous enough that you can make a really complicated game out of it. You can really use your hikers moving them strategically and using your campfire to copy an action or land on a spot that another player is already in, you know, and thinking about what is going to be a wild and using your canteen to turn water into a resource. You can play it as simply as you want and still really enjoy it. And you can really make it complex and really really get a lot of fun out of it. I think that's totally true. Mm Mm-hmm. And also that's where I think the game gets really interesting because the first time I played the game, it was a simple recipe fulfillment. And I just, I looked at the three cards available and I said, okay, I need these. And then I kind of got them Mm -hmm. and then I turned them in and then I said, okay, what do I need next? And then I got them. Um, Lately, and we've played this game, I would say a lot, you know. It was a good game to play in the summertime in your garage. And so we've played it several times and I think our games these days are a lot more efficient. And I think that's Mm -hmm. where the depth lies is just how can you be, you can be so much more efficient than you think you can when you first start playing. Yeah. And there's a lot of, it's, it's very small decisions, but they change it and they really kind of like maximize the amount you can do every Mm -hmm. game because it's a short game and it goes by fast and the seasons go by fast. And again, the pace of the game is slightly dictated by everyone else playing because you have to make those decisions. Yeah. There's a point in the game. Once everyone finishes the path, Mm -hmm. if you're still on the path, you just have, you're just done. Like your last hiker is done, which kind of like sets a, a pace a urgency, a little bit of urgency because you can't guarantee you're just going to be able to like go down the path one space by one space and claim everything you want. There could be a point where you're just like, out of time. So you need to make sure you get the bare minimum of what you need. And then what else can you layer on top of that? Yeah. I remember in earlier games, I would buy, I felt like I just wasn't buying many parks. I was like, I did do okay, but man, yeah. it's just like such a hard game to, not I a hard I was worried game. about getting my, keeping my resources and like collecting them and, and saving them for when I really needed them. It felt like a lot tighter of an economy where I was like, geez, I yeah. am having a hard time like really doing much in this game. Mm-hmm. In the last two or three games, especially, I, I I can't say for sure, but I feel like I have doubled the amount of parks finished at the end of the game than I originally had when I first started playing it, like when I first got it from Kickstarter after the first campaign yeah. a couple years ago. I've realized, I think I really like engine building games. Mm-hmm. I find them to be super satisfying. And I kind of think of parks as not just recipe fulfillment, but also engine building. It because, is a small engine. Yeah, yeah because I have those canteens you know, that turn water into different resources. Mm -hmm. And then I have um, gear 
where I can get uh, produce more sons or get sons off of you know uh, of paying for a park. Yeah, they give you a permanent ability that parks are one or two resources cheaper. Yeah. you can buy more gear for a little bit cheaper. Yeah, or, or when you go on to one spot, you can, instead of getting one mountain, get three suns. Right. Or something like that. They just are small changes, but they're a permanent ability mm-hmm. that you can then leverage for the rest of the game. Yeah, so like my thing was, because you get those goals at the beginning of the game and you choose one of them. Basically, I love having those goals because it makes the game way more purposeful. Right. Because I have a direction to go in where it's like, okay, you have to collect 10 suns if you want to get these bonus points. Right. Or 10 suns like on parks. Finish parks with at least 10 sun icons yeah. across them. And so then I'm just like, okay, suns are going to be my thing. And then I get the gear that helps me produce more suns and also get suns off of parks, you know. And then so it just I kind of build my own little engine. And I think I did that more the last couple of times, especially when the expansion comes into play. Yeah, the expansion just came out. It it launched with the second wave of the Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. So I got the first wave of the Kickstarter. So we played parks for a little while together. Mm hmm. But there was no way to buy it at that time. And then they kind of released a second wave of the Kickstarter that I backed for you and everyone else that I had played it with. I backed Yeah, because you have the Kickstarter account. I didn't back it. Yeah. And then you just kind of bought it for everybody. But I bought five copies for siblings and other people who had played it and were like, oh, man, I want to buy this. But it just wasn't available. And so when that Kickstarter came out, I said, this is your chance. Yeah. But it, now we haven't said it yet, but it's at Target now. It is, yes. So now it's which at Target. Which is so cool. And board game stores, local board game stores. So now it's pretty accessible, which is great because I think it totally should be. It was a real shame to play it with somebody who was like, this is great. I want to buy this. And I'm like, oh, you can't. You're not in the cool kids club. That's a really big bummer to tell somebody. That is a bummer. But the new parks expansion Mm -hmm. called Nightfall adds a few wrinkles. So the first thing it adds is campsites Mm -hmm. that get placed out in three or four locations along the board, depending on the number of players. Yeah, along that trail. And then there are special campsite actions that -hmm. are dealt out at the beginning of the game. There's three of those. And then there's also a standard campsite action that lets you draw new year-end objective cards that's available in every game. Yeah. When you land on a location, you can choose to do its normal action, like get to water or get a mountain Mm -hmm. or you can if there's a tent on it you can decide to pick up the tent and move it to the three unique campsite locations Mm -hmm. and claim one and do i would say a better action it's a it can be a better action if it's what you need it can be a little bit more productive if it's what you need right they're pretty specific they're not universally there's i feel like when we were playing Half the time we were skipping them, half the time we were using them, maybe even more than half we were skipping them. But when they were useful, they were very useful. So they're situationally really useful. Yeah. Each action can only be utilized one time. Yes. So once somebody uses it and puts the tent on it, that one's done for the season. Yes. They reset and flip over, actually. So there's a second action on the back Mm -hmm. for the next season. The fourth action that I mentioned that's kind of the universal tent action, you can also only do once per season. If you go there you get to draw a new version of the year-end cards. That's right. That's I remember it being a really good one. Mm-hmm. It is very <laughs> and good. And I like it very much. It is one of, I think it is one of the, the best changes from the base game of Parks that yeah, I like. Yeah, because you could only get one of those game-ending fulfillment cards. Yeah, you, you only got one year card, and it might reward you for getting Parks with Trees. Mm-hmm. And if no Parks with Trees kind of came up out of this big, big deck of Parks? Yeah, you probably would only see one-fifth of that deck yeah, in a game. In a two-player game, especially. Yeah. You could just get a year-end goal that is just really hard to achieve or impossible even. And the other person might get one that's not. And it just kind of works out that way. Now you get a smaller version of that year-end goal mm-hmm. that is also you're able to achieve it multiple times. So if for for instance, instead of just saying, if you get five sun... You get two points. If you get 10 suns on parks, you get three points. Yeah, it was something really... Really piddly. <laughs> yeah, really piddly. But now it's more... I mean, it's still kind of piddly, but it's just like for every three sun icons you have on all of your parks, get one point. Yeah. But instead of limiting it to getting three points for 10... I like that it you doesn't can get, limit. Yeah, you can just keep making sets you of three as long as you want. crazy. Which is really nice. The other thing is you can have multiples of them. So you get one at the start of the game still, but you can also take this fourth 
tent action, Mm -hmm. draw two new gold cards. Mm -hmm. And then even better than that, you get to choose out of all the gold cards in your hand and you have to discard one. Yeah. So you can kind of like, even if you didn't like your first gold card, you can go there, draw two, and then maybe you'll keep the two new ones and get rid of the old one. Yeah. And so you can kind of continually, as you build your parks and as you finish the game, readjust your end game scoring just a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's not like crazy powerful, but it is enough to feel more in control than when you just drew a crappy yeah. year end card because sometimes you just did. It just didn't work. I think we've only played you and me together with the expansion that one time. Yeah. But I'd love to go back and compare our scores to our earlier scores because I bet they were higher. I bet they're higher. Yeah. The Nightfall expansion does do a lot to just make you more efficient. Which I love. (laughs) I love that feeling of efficiency and that engine building kind of. One of the main other ways, and so you're going to probably disagree with me here, but one of the main other ways it makes you more efficient is it has additional parks cards that are shuffled into the deck (laughs) Mm -hmm. and these work a little bit different than the normal parks cards which is just fulfill the recipe claim the card and it's worth points Mm -hmm. these you fulfill the recipe and you get a immediate bonus action Mm -hmm. that's printed on the card so sometimes it is just take a wild resource. Sometimes it is take another park's action, which means you could claim another or reserve another park. Which is huge. Or buy a piece of gear. I thought this was great because it it was something to shoot for and it kind of like launched me a little bit. Instead of like spending all my resources and being like, oh boy, I just spent all of my resources. Now I kind of got to like start that build up again. It would just let me do one other thing. One of the main things that I really loved it for is taking a second park action. Mm -hmm. which allows you to buy a second park. Because once you get better at the game, I think the most precious resources is just opportunities to visit the parks. Yes. Because you can only visit parks at one special location that comes out randomly during one of the four seasons during the game. Or you can do it with each of your hiker at the end of the trail. Mm -hmm. So everybody will have at least two chances to buy a park at the very end. Per season. Per season. But that means you're also not buying gear because that's one of the other it's things one, you yeah, do yeah. at the end you, of the trail. Yes, you are losing out because, yeah, it's three choices once you get to the end of the trail. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and this piece that you can put into the trail that has the extra parks action is one of the four that are shuffled in with each season. So that one could come up at the very end. And you might not get it yeah. the whole game. So, And when it comes to that, somebody might camp on it and it becomes really hard to visit. Yeah. Because yeah, if they just sit there. If they just sit there and <gasps> kind of block it. So I found once I got a little bit better at the game, making sure I took enough parks actions to spend all my resources and really get those in became one of the most valuable resources. So when I saw a card that was like, hey, visit this park, score it, and then also visit another park, I was like, that is a huge double action and that is really efficient. And so I would make sure that I would have the resources ready to buy two parks in a row. That is where I think like that efficiency comes in, but you did not like those. I didn't like them because of what my end goal was. Okay. My end goal was to collect those icons on parks. Uh Um, And a lot of those new cards that you've been talking about, they are like, oh, this costs one sun and one tree and then it has like a brown block and it says three. Which is just three just of any three of resources. any resource. But that brown block doesn't count towards my end goal of trying to get as many suns as possible. Right. So those were really annoying for me because I had like two or three end goals and they were all about collecting icons. And those don't count as icons. And I was like, I can't buy that park. It means nothing. And it takes so many resources, even though... It gives you that extra action at the end. Mm-hmm. I just, it just wasn't what I needed. <laughs> so they were really frustrating for me in that moment. But I like the idea overall. And that's where on a future game, maybe you would just get rid of that objective card. That's true. I had so many, like I went all in on basically collecting. So I was just collect. I just needed those icons to be on the cards. Yeah. Th- then, then You were those, icon crazy. I was icon crazy. Icon crazy. is that a song yeah um fuck i think it's stone cold crazy stone cold crazy (laughs) i got it keep all of this in (laughs) we'll see (laughs) please keep it in give me some street cred that i know metallica (laughs) 
those are the two real main changes to the mm-hmm. expansion. And easy peasy. And all it is is just more parks cards to shuffle in, more gear. Or is it more gear cards? Nope. No gear cards. There's new end of your objectives, parks cards, and the campsite bonus tiles and tent meeples. Easy. Yeah, it's super easy. You just don't like it because you can't fit it in all in the box now. I do. I, that is a, that is a, a very annoying yeah. thing to me when you have an expansion, you can't fit it in the main box, especially when it's not even that big. It's not like it's not a massive expansion. It's just a few cards. It's just a few things. But they had they had crafted such a tightly, perfectly wound clockwork of a box mm-hmm. that you can't even fit like a little bit more. And so now I have to carry around two boxes if I want to play it. Like a nerd. Like a nerd. I could, <laughs> and I have done this with other games, is just get rid of the inserts and like bag and kind of reorganize everything. But I don't think I'll probably do that with yeah, this Yeah, Parks is just so pretty as it is. And even the boxes are pretty. Like it just looks good. Yeah. One thing that isn't added in the expansion, but I have experienced, and I have experienced the expansion this way, is Parks has a solo mode. Oh, before I even played the expansion with you, I played the expansion solo Oh, I mode. knew that. Yeah, because yeah. I knew you played solo. Yeah, you watched me. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, what? I was busy watching TV. <laughs> okay. Well, I was playing Parks solo. So that's just an added feature. The solo mode, it really, I think it really helps you learn how to be efficient because when you play the solo mode, there is a park ranger. And the park ranger is just two hikers who automatically move down the path at a prescribed but random pace where you use the uh, gear card, which has one, two, or three sun as a cost, and you use that cost as how far down the path that the ranger moves. And so the ranger kind of blocks your path. Um, They accelerate your gameplay because also when both rangers reach the end, you are just done. Yeah, that's right. I do remember you telling me about this. It's way more aggressive. It's way more aggressive. Aggressive hiking. (laughs) Again, going back to like what we were talking about with Ryan, we are like pretty lackadaisical players where Mm -hmm. we kind of are like, Oh, don't end it yet because I want to buy this park. I know. We want to experience everything. (laughs) I haven't been to that park yet. Just don't end it, please. And you're like, well, I can go slower too. And it's not like I'm just like, I'm just going to slow down so that you can get points. It's like, well, if I slow down too, if we're kind of like mutually slowing down, we can mutually do more things and then Mm -hmm. we will mutually both have better scores. So it's not really like, I wouldn't say it's like coddling. It's just like we both like to do a bunch of things in the game. But Mm -hmm. when you're playing against the park ranger, it is like the terminator of marching forward and you are like i get half the actions i get when i play with casey and like trying to be efficient enough to actually get a score that can beat the solo ai is just more of a challenge and it's just a lesson in efficiencies and being like i can't do everything i cannot meander down this path i have Mm -hmm. to race to the end yeah and so it's just it's an interesting little extra wrinkle if you're interested in solo modes i know a lot of people aren't but i Mm -hmm. definitely am and so every time i get one i try it and it was it's a good one it's it's decent i think that's great that you get to try playing it a a little bit more aggressively because you and me definitely are more lackadaisical where it's like we just want to try everything we want to do as much as possible and this way you just have to think about it more efficiently, more aggressively. Yeah. And I think it will help me in a, because we've played it a lot two players. I have played it three and four players as well. Mm-hmm. And it works well at all player counts. But in, in a it does, yeah. in a four player game, it is a lot harder to get what you need to get done done. That is true because all so many more of the spaces are taken up. Which is very thematic because I have traveled a lot. I've run travel programs. I've been all, around all sorts of places and just like I just avoid places during high points of of yeah. travel seasons because I just can't stand people getting in the way and I would rather go someplace when it's miserable and cold than when it's beautiful and warm because I'm just like I would rather be I would rather just have it to myself so that's how I feel with parks too where I'm like get out of my way or I was saying with the park ranger you know the park ranger is just like getting in my way and kind of like kicking me out and moving me along and it's just like being like a dirty scuzzy teen in the forest being like park ranger get get out of here park ranger wrecking my fun (laughs) i wanted to smoke a cigarette in the park (laughs) that's my smoke a cigarette (laughs) in the park (laughs) and put it out responsibly so it won't start any wildfires yeah Yeah, so the solo mode really is kind of just like a jerk park ranger hassling Mm -hmm. it's like it's like a nice walk in the park being hassled by the cops just have yeah like it seems kind of like if leslie nope was the park ranger (laughs) where she's just like 
She's like, we have a schedule to keep going. We have going. a schedule. You have to keep going. Go, 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 go. It's like, hey, look at this. Okay, we're done. Now keep moving. I think I want to try that. I want to try solo mode. That sounds really fun. Ooh, Casey's going to get into solo games. It's uh, tickling my efficiency bone. Well, we both have a copy, so we could That's true. I have my own mode. copy now. <laughs> we could play solo mode side by side. <laughs> oh, that would be so cute. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I think that's... Is that it? Well, that's kind of it. We've kind of gushed a lot about parks, I think. We were pretty gushy. But I don't think I'm as gushy as you. N- yeah, I... I just really twist. enjoy I'm it. twisting it right now. Ooh. Ooh, this is like that Ooh, show. Ooh, it's like dead to me. I yeah. can't handle it. It's twist. So, we got right to the end and then you twist it on me. I know. I'm not really twisting it. I am much. a little gushy about it though. I really, I just think it's a lovely game. I think for you and for, and, <laughs> and that's why I think it's a great gift. I think it's like an amazing weight. It's a yeah. game that really has a lot of things going on. It, it's a nice introduction to like this type of mechanic. I do feel like it's a little bit light and breezy where... Yeah. After a few plays, I'm kind of like, I've had enough. Like, I could probably have done it better, but I'm not like, I have to explore this strategy and this strategy and this like, strategy. we have to play again. Yeah, it's kind of like, yeah. I did good. It's really the the experience and the artwork and the presentation adds so much to this game. And if it was a drier, mm-hmm. less exciting presentation, I do not think it would be one That's of my true. favorite games. I can see that. I get that. It's one of my favorites to play, like, when you ask if I want to play a game and it's like 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night. And I'm like, ugh kind of tired yeah but i would play i would play parks yeah if the uh, the theme and the artwork appealed to you then definitely pick it up mm-hmm. i think like everdell is a game where i was like i could play that again and again and again yeah that one i do want to try to right my wrongs right away yeah and i can just i'm like ooh, there's just we more there's back. more there's more branches to the tree Ooh. The ever tree. Literally and figuratively, because yeah, the ever tree in Everdell is bigger than like the tree uh resource holders. <laughs> That's true. As in, well. <laughs> in parks. Yeah, but in so in in a lot of games, I think, especially with solo modes. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was kind of like, the solo mode is interesting, it helps you play better, but I don't think there's enough ways to really experiment. And I think when I'm playing solo games, and I play a lot of solo games, I really want things that is just like what like a a big meandering river of yeah. of options. Lots of different possibilities, yeah. lots of different outcomes. And I don't think Parks offers that, but I think what it it offers exactly what it needs to. It fills its purpose perfectly. Yeah. I think that you would probably if I had to guess listed in one of your favorite games. I would definitely top 10. Definitely top 10. Definitely top 10. Well, it's not a top 10 for me. I respect that. But I also have a lot more <laughs> you games. You have a ton of games. I own 10 games. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's just a uh, I guess I just wanted to to kind of cap that because I feel like we were being gushy and I and I do think it's great I don't really yeah. have any qualms with parks but I also feel like if you were like let's play it again I'd be like I don't know if I need to yeah, kind of why yeah <laughs> sometimes you do but the 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 expansions do go a little way I wouldn't say they go a long way making it that much more interesting but it does it adds a slight bit of complexity but i think the trade-off is worth it for especially the year cards where getting a bad year card was just sometimes just a death sentence to not a death sentence because they they also rewarded me with such a minuscule amount of points i was almost like what is the point like don't worry about it seriously yeah now two and three points yeah and something that might really make you go out of your way and struggle and it's just like don't struggle don't do that just ignore that do something that's gonna get a bunch of points yeah (laughs) Because it's like parks cards are worth two, three, four, and five points. You could just get a five-point card. Just do that. Yeah, and we didn't really talk about it, but you can also take photographs, which is also a limited resource. You can't take them. You can only take them at the end of the trail. And that just gets you an extra point here and there. Yeah, but that's something you could focus on and just be like and have enough resources to be able to spend on taking those photos. Mm -hmm. And that is also better than doing the previous year-end card yeah right so, yeah so now i think that becomes more viable and something that it i'm like this is another, interesting instead of frustrating yeah it adds another legit like contender of what you could try to fulfill yeah for before sure. it was kind of like ugh, whatever yeah if you can you can go ahead and do it because it makes it easier but if you can't don't worry about it yep that was kind of a bummer to end on but i'd no, like to I, reiterate no, it's good. i'm glad that i'm glad that you talked about because yeah we were super gushy about it. i think the universal appeal of this game makes it very gushable but for hardcore gamers or people that are really looking for something heavy and something that they can just like really really make a lifestyle out of parks is not it but it's a good one to come back to every now and then i don't know what key master's plan with parks is Mm -hmm. 
I know they're in Target, which is great. Yeah. And that makes it so easy to recommend and people can just go get it. I mean, it's also at local game stores and of course support those first and foremost. Yeah. I But I do not see it as often, at least at the, the local game stores I frequent. It is not consistently there where it is. It is consistently right there now at Target. Right now Target is at consistently at Target and yeah. it's often on sale. Yeah. Not a huge sale, $45 or it's part of a buy two, get one or mm-hmm. something. Um, but it's one you can kind of just throw in. It's it's pretty affordable. I would, I feel like they would be missing out if they didn't make a deal with the national parks to have this in like gift shops in oh like my gosh. every national park because yes. it is, it would just be an amazing souvenir and it really appeals to that park enthusiast. Yep. There might be a National Parks version of Monopoly or something, which would mm-hmm. be a crappy souvenir, <laughs> and this one would be an amazing souvenir. So Agreed. I don't know what Keymasters Games' ultimate endgame goal with this is, but it has so much appeal, and I think they know that. Yeah. And you had mentioned, oh, I think I like Keymaster Games. Oh, yeah, when you were talking about in the very beginning, yeah. um, when you were mentioning the game, you are like, this is by Keymaster Games. I was like, I know Keymaster. Like, I don't really pay attention to that stuff, but that one stuck out because I've really enjoyed their games in the past. They just have a really nice feel to them, and the art is always really nice, and it feels kind of like a, of an era. Yes. Like, they always kind of put me somewhere. Yep. Keymaster Games, I, th- I would say that's their... That is their bread and butter. They're almost like a game studio that features design first. So the yeah. other games they've made are Caper. Yes. We should play that one again. We should. Which Caper is like a two-player little caper game where you're like recruiting thieves and mm-hmm. trying to steal from popular places around Europe. And yeah. it's, it's just a really cute... Check out the artwork for that because it's really unique and really, really beautiful. Also, Space Park. I don't know if you remember that <gasps> yeah, one. Yeah, Space Park. I yeah. do remember that and one. And that one very much has a... It almost has like a parks vibe of mm-hmm. the artwork looks like national parks posters but for locations off world in, in outer space, space. Yeah. yeah it kind of reminds me of like retro space films. it's very retro yeah it's mm-hmm. very like 60s 70s. yeah and so space park is a game where you're basically just collecting resources and turning them into points mm-hmm. and finally campy creatures Oh, yeah. Campy Creatures. That's a cute one. I like that Which one. Which is also very cute. It's kind of like an 80s monster movie. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like 50s, 60s. Oh, yeah. It like is it's probably more It's like retro, Creature yeah. from the Black Lagoon. Yep. And that one is like a bluffing social deduction type game where mm-hmm. you're kind of like outguessing people with numbers. Oh, yeah. And all of them to a, to a game are all really beautiful, mm-hmm. um, really great gifts. If somebody loves that monster theme or that space theme or that parks theme. Mm-hmm. But they all are like parks where I think they are adequate designs that work and function and are fun. Mm-hmm. But they, they're they kind of like just what you need and then with a beautiful coat of paint yeah. instead of being like amazing, spectacular, stellar games. They really found their bread and butter of just being like, we're going to make really solid games yeah. and then up the production value to like 11. That's what it is. It's a solid game. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, good, it's a good game, fun to play. But it is just so much fun to look at. Yeah. Like it really just brings you in. Yes. So Keymaster Games definitely has a niche. But I think out of the, all of them, Parks is far and away my favorite one. Oh, for sure. Yeah. If mm-hmm. you think that's interesting, check it out. Yeah. I think it's a good one. Yeah. So I think we're going to talk about something a little bit newer next time. Mm-hmm. And maybe we will take a poll and come back to it but i was thinking Ooh, of a poll from all of our listeners <laughs> <laughs> well i thought that maybe between you and me oh yeah, maybe yeah we'll invite yeah, the yeah. Li- invite the listeners as well <laughs> <laughs> but i was thinking of the lost ruins of arnak 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 which is kind of a pulp era Ooh. uh kind of an indiana jones adventure vibe Ooh. with a very euro resource conversion kind of Mm. tilt to it it's not action and fighting it's gathering resources and turning them into points it's kind of like parks a little bit in a different way uh and the other one is raiders of scythia i know you've been playing raiders of scythia yeah and i think i think it's really interesting and that one is a worker placement tableau building game with a little bit of press your luck maybe we should do that one because we haven't really done worker placement everdell Oh, yeah. It's, it's so funny because I'll hear people on podcasts being like, I, what did we talk about last week? I can't remember. I'm like, how can you not remember? 
And I'm just like, I already can't remember like what we talked about. When you started talking about Watergate, I'm like, didn't we talk about that last week? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, crazy. Yeah. So I guess we can do either or. They both sound great. We'll figure it out. Until then, you can find us on Instagram at shuffle underscore buddies underscore pod. Or Twitter at shuffle underscore buddies. And also now you can go to our website. And if you want to send us a note, send us a request. Send <gasps> we us, have a comment page, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm like a, a comment, contact us. Yep, I'm <gasps> adding a contact us page for yes. because there are people who are not on the social media who might want to say anything. So that's true. We are That's totally open to if you want to suggest anything or suggest a TV show for Casey or uh, yes, ask please. a question, <laughs> uh, go ahead and use that. Mm-hmm. And that's at shufflebuddies.com. Yep. Shufflebuddies.com. You can listen to us at shufflebuddies.com or you can listen to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And what's your favorite thing to say about that? (gasps) Rate, review, and subscribe. Rate, review, and subscribe. If you can, that would do us a huge favor. (laughs) That would be so amazing. If people rated, reviewed, and subscribed to us, that'd be insane. Cool. Well, I I think that we should now go shuffle away. Shuffle away. Shuffle, 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 shuffle.